Coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota. A conversation about the great and sometimes not so great outdoors. I'm your host, Lynn Melling. And I'm Jody Gruen. And we do this for fun. Hey, it's Lynn. And it's Jody. We are here in the living room of a wonderful guest, Chelsea Strait. This is the second time we've talked to her. This is, yeah, round two. We're back for more. This poor, wonderful woman is being so gracious to give her more, more of our, give us more of her time. Yes. Yep. Being on the road feels pretty good. This is the first time we've actually visited the home, and we will talk about why we are here today. Um, but let me quickly introduce this lovely woman. Um, Chelsea Strait is an icon, I say. She's looking at me like, <laughs> but I'm going I'm to because I look up to her. Yeah, go there. Um, in the Minneapolis bike scene, she works in the industry as well. And she has done so many feats of strength on the bicycle, amongst other things. But let me just quick like run through a big one. The 12 hours of Mesa Verde. Um, where she won solo female. That's 12 hours on a bicycle, like going fast. For fun. For fun, yeah. (laughs) Um, And then there's this race that's called the Margie Gessick. And this one is one where you say it out loud and people go, did you finish? Um, And she has finished multiple times. Um, She's also done uh, a 250 mile enhanced gravel cross country mountain biking race. Which one? What is that one called? Enhanced gravel. Enhanced. Yeah. Yeah. What is that one called? Uh, that one's called the Crusher. Oh, the Crush. Oh yeah, that sounds for, so much. So Lynn much fun. for fun. Uh, the, right. crusher. the Crusher. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. So with that, welcome Chelsea Street to We Do This for Fun. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for talking to us. So I just, I'm sorry. I just have to like, so for the record, so there's no confusion. So you do all of these things, biking hundreds and hundreds of miles at once for fun. I do it for fun. (laughs) (laughs) Just so we're clear. Mm -hmm. Why? Well, uh, it's, it's my, it's just my happy, it's my happy place. I feel good moving my legs, getting fresh air, um, breathing hard, and covering a lot of ground and doing it all day. It keeps my mind at ease. I'm able to, to focus a little bit better. Um, so yeah, I, I would say it's therapeutic. How did um, you get started? Like what possessed you to say, mm, I think I want to go bike 250 miles in a race? It was definitely a progression. I always... Uh, whenever I would think of something that was a new challenge and I'd be able to, and I'd accomplish that challenge, uh, then I'd be intrigued by what's a little bit further, what's a little, what's going to take me a long, uh, longer amount of time. Um, you know, I remember one time before I really got into racing, I was hanging out with some friends and we were, uh, out to eat it was like one or two in the morning and one of our friends he had this idea of biking out to Stillwater like still that oh that, that night that night 
And so the other two, my other friend and me were like, oh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. (laughs) And so we, um, I think we each went home briefly. We're all kind of like living in a similar area. We each went home briefly, maybe to just like grab some snacks and I don't know, change or something. And then we hopped on our bikes at like three in the morning oh my and gosh. <laughs> biked out to Stillwater, no, Minnesota, that's... which is, it's like a 60 mile round trip. In the middle I, of the night. In the middle of the night. And there's hills out there. Let's not lie. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a hilly mm-hmm. landscape. And so it just, for me, it's just kind of, I don't like to say no, uh, mm-hmm. is, is something. So if a, a challenge comes up and even if it's, seems crazy, I, I don't like saying no. <laughs> you just push yourself. Uh-huh. And then something about just who I am as a person is if I say yes and I register to something or I ver- even if I just verbally commit uh, to one person, chances are of me following through are pretty high. <laughs> hmm. uh, are you impressed with your success? I mean, are you know looking as you stand back, as you look at all of your accomplishments, as you're at your box of medals and all the stuff you've done. I mean, you please say that you are impressed with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I would say that uh, I do have a healthy amount of self-confidence, um, but just like the next person, you know, I realize that there's always going to be somebody faster. There's always going to be somebody who's done more or has more time to train or is, you know, maybe even a little gifted or, you know, whatever it is. So, you know, when I'm in the moment, um, I, I, you know, I, there, there's things that motivate me to want to try to get a little bit faster, you know, and I'm a little bit, I have like a little bit of competitiveness in me, but that shows through more in the end results than it does during Mm. the time, during the event usually. And so sometimes if I don't get first, I get second or third or 10th or 20th, I, you know, sometimes I get down on myself and wish I would have trained harder or wish I was faster or want to know like what I could do differently that they're doing and that kind of thing. But overall, um, I usually, you know, there's things I'm really proud of and I'm not scared to say that I'm proud of them Mm -hmm. (laughs) and things that I love telling the story of you know like certain events and races and a lot of times it's not the results that make the best stories yeah and so that's another thing that's kind of motivating it's just just doing things that you know you're going to be good at is like one thing but doing things that you don't know you can do I think is another thing and so um that's another motivation for doing the hundreds of miles and rough terrain and (laughs) yeah and how what you know what why the bike and not your feet you know I mean you know some people you know I don't know I don't know how people choose you know the the sports that they get involved in I'm just I'm just a casual athlete type person myself um and I just try things and I'm just wondering what your process was to finding the bicycle so the bike has always been in my life I would say uh I had I was given a lot of freedom when I was young. I didn't have a lot of rules or geographical boundaries. Uh, So 
having a bicycle, I was able to get myself to where I needed to be. Um, I've always been extremely independent. So when I was young, I would always figure out like, how do I get to uptown? How do I get to my friends' houses? And uh, if there was something I wanted to do, I could always figure out how to do it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so for bicycles, that's how I kind of got into it. And um, it didn't take me very long to realize that I loved the exercise. I loved the you know, the progression of challenges because there's so many different kinds of biking that yeah. I've, you know, realized going from just commuting and getting from point A to point B, uh, progressing into learning how to ride off-road and then progressing into like bigger distances, crossing state lines, you know, like doing stuff like that, you know, that can seem like a big accomplishment and I just maybe a little bit addicted to like adding to that mm-hmm. list of accomplishments. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and so so one of the reasons why we are here in her living room is that one of the so the thing that she does for fun isn't she's no longer able to do it at least as of right now. So can you tell us what what was your kind of a joy thief for you recently <laughs> was uh, so I broke my leg. Um, specifically my tibial plateau, which is the top of my shin bone, essentially the part that is part of your knee. And I broke it in a few places. So I had to have surgery. I had to go to the hospital. I had to stay there for three nights. I had to have surgery. I got two plates and seven screws. How did Mm. you do this? Uh, I really wish it was a cooler story than it is. Uh, I was riding a mountain bike trail and um, there was a feature that looked really intimidating, but because I don't like to say no and like pass things up, I decided I wanted to try and uh, it's a little, okay, if I can explain the feature, it was um, some stacked rocks, uh, kind of like a ramp up and a ramp down, uh, pretty smooth uh but it the the mental thing for me was that it goes between these two trees that make up a v and if you for me i was overthinking it where it's pretty narrow towards the bottom and i was worried about hitting my pedals it's pretty i wasn't as worried about my handlebars but i knew if i hit a pedal like that could um kind of send me you know, in the direction I didn't want to go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I came up to this, uh, this obstacle and, um, I had no pressure from the two people I was riding with to do it. One person wrote it like right when we got to it and then we stopped and, um, we we're going to try it again. And I, there's some irony here. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason why I was there was because we were going to take photos of some of the trail features to explain that it's it actually does have difficult features because a lot of people were underestimating how hard the trail was oh wow and so um my friend who rode the obstacle at first i mean he was gonna he was happy to ride it again and be in the photo but for me it was a challenge so I decided I wanted to try to ride it but I was in my head when I got there oh. and so I started to ride it I was like calculating speed you don't want to go too fast because you know if you uh do hit something then you're you know physics and all that kind of thing mm-hmm. I didn't want to go too slow because balance is hard when you're going really slow 
and I came up to the feature and I just freaked out. I just, mm-hmm. um, I was overthinking. I started to lose speed and didn't want to do a full pedal rotation because I was worried about hitting my pedal and I was just overthinking and I didn't have any speed and I started to lose balance. So I do what I always do if I lose balance and I went to put my foot down. And when I put my foot down, I just felt something give in my knee oh. and I crumpled oh. to the ground. I knew something was wrong. So I'm laying there. Um, I gave it a few minutes and when I kind of sat up, I realized I couldn't bend that knee at all. And so I thought I had dislocated it. Um, so, <laughs> uh, but since I couldn't, or I can't remember, did I say that I couldn't straighten my leg? I might've said oh. bent. Okay. Well, I couldn't, um, so I sat up and I, I couldn't straighten my leg. It was kind of stuck in a bend. Oh. And so then we had to figure out how to get me out. out. Oh, no. <laughs> and Were you deep in the trails too? So luckily this was only the second spot that we had stopped. Um, we weren't that far into the trail and lucky for us because the further into the trail you get, the more into the woods you are. And there's yeah. nothing but woods around you and there's no access points. And so um, we had crossed an ATV trail not too far before that. But, you know, we did have to make our way back to that point. And and so (laughs) one of the people I was riding with and I had a brainstorm like, okay, logistically, how is this going to work? And he had a a tube. So he he was like, let's use this as a sling. And so I figured out if I put it around my my shoulder and around my ankle, then it would hold my leg up. And actually, it worked really well. <laughs> so you were hopping then? No. So oh. then we slammed the saddle down on my bike. And I just scooted with one leg oh, on anything <laughs> on anything straight or pointed downhill. And then if I came across a rock pile or an uphill, uh, my friend would push me. But we got to one rock pile. <laughs> and I started to lose balance on the broken side, uh, which I didn't know was broken yet. I was convinced it wasn't broken. I was convinced it was just dislocated. Um, I started to lose balance on that side and I just like tipped over. (laughs) And my friend felt so bad because he was pushing me over some rocks at the time and he wasn't um, holding me stable side to side. Uh, So we kind of learned technique a little bit better after that. And our other friend uh, had driven to the trailhead luckily so he had his vehicle and he was able to navigate some of the ATV trails and meet us I still had to scoot a little bit on the ATV trails but he was able to get in pretty far I'm so sorry that happened yeah. mm-hmm. and then I got to the ER and uh, they took an x-ray of my leg and they told me it was not only broken but broken bad enough that I needed to take an ambulance back to Minnesota, Minneapolis oh my god <laughs> They gave me some options. It was St. Cloud, Duluth. Uh, but they could not treat you there. Right. They needed a trauma orthopedic surgeon. Holy cow. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it all resulted in a two, over two-hour ambulance ride to HCMC in downtown Minneapolis. Three nights there. Wow. Um, and a surgery. And I've been... Um, on crutches, I feel pretty good these days. Uh, healing's going really well. I've been on crutches for eight weeks now, and I have another month and two days. 
before I can start to um, to try to walk without the crutches, but that'll take a little bit of time to learn how to walk again. <laughs> so after is that, it PT? Will there be PT as part of this? Mm-hmm. And actually, uh, something that's really fun is my surgeon recommended me for this medical study where oh. I've actually been doing a little bit of early weight bearing mm-hmm. on an anti-gravity treadmill. Oh, uh, it's called the Alter G Anti Gravity Treadmill. So it's already been in, it's already in existence. People okay. already use it for uh, recovery, but uh, they're experimenting with uh, injuries like mine to to maybe add load earlier because ideally it would help transition back into to walking later. So I've been going three days a week. Mm. Um, it started where I'd walk twenty percent of my body weight for fifteen minutes, and then. After a few weeks, progressed up to 30% and then progressed up to 40% for 30 minutes. And just yesterday, I had my first session of 60% at 30 minutes. Mm. But it's been increasing by 10% each week. So how are you coping with this? I imagine Mm -hmm. you had a good cry at some point, right? I mean, Oh, my gosh. The whole ambulance ride was a cry. (laughs) (laughs) I was, like, sobbing the whole time. Because this was just, yeah, the thing Mm -hmm. that you love to do is just ripped out of your hands. Yeah. And, yeah, so just, like, the shock of learning, you know, first that it was broken, second that it was broken bad, third that I had to go to the hospital, fourth that I didn't get to go home and that surgery was going to be, you know, they had to like wait for surgery. I don't know. It was just like a lot of different <laughs> steps of the, along the way um, have inspired um, some tears and some some grieving, mm-hmm. definitely some grieving. Yeah. But you seem to be though, like really just, maybe it's your athletic prowess, but you seem to be focused on the finish line. Like you are, mm-hmm. you seem to be very strategic in how you are dealing with it and how you're, you're navigating it. Yeah, I think I feel pretty at ease with just the fact that this is a process. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I have, you know, because I have the, the treadmill and for a few weeks, um, I got, I've been able to work on my range of motion again. So being able to like, change change my brace setting up 10 degrees you know every week I had these like little I don't know these little like mile markers yeah that I think have helped the time go by quickly and it's your biggest feat yet right I mean yeah. like all those other trophies and medals on your mantle mm-hmm. like this is kind of you should you should you know recognize it as such mm-hmm. And uh, something that I totally underestimated uh, because I've broken a bone and had surgery before, but it was my collarbone, oh, which ouch. was way easier hmm. than really? this one. Yes. Like, yeah, I was in a sling, but I could still do like tabletop stuff. Like I could type and write. And so I could still um, do that. I could drive. I could walk. <laughs> you know, like there's I could do so many you know, I could cook because I could use my my hands kind of at that table height. Um, I just like had a lifting restriction, which I did not listen to the doctor and ended oh. up bending my hardware. Mm. <laughs> so I have a crooked collarbone, and that's all my. That's <laughs> <laughs> totally so learned. <laughs> I've learned, but at the time it felt so devastating, and not to mention that coincided with when COVID hit and the lockdowns mm. hit. So. Um, that one felt really, really hard, but I was able to pedal a bike 
two or three weeks in, I just uh, was riding on a trainer and had my arm in a sling, and but I could still pedal, you know, so I could still do what I loved, and I would just like pedal and watch Netflix, you know, for an hour <laughs> to two hours at a time. <laughs> and then when I got the clearance at nine weeks um, to ride outside, um, the transition was was pretty easy. Mm. But with the the leg, this is way different, and since it's in my knee. Um, it's just, if it was in the middle of my tibia, if it was in the middle of any of the big bones, like it would have been a way easier injury. Mm. But since it's right there in the knee, it's difficult. So you're taking care of yourself physically. How about mentally? What are like, what's the, I don't want to say a game or, you know, what are you doing to kind of help yourself get through this? So mentally it was really hard. The first three solid three weeks was super difficult I um since I underestimated because like I said the the collarbone injury was a much easier (laughs) process and it didn't take a huge toll on me mentally or at least I wasn't aware of it because there was so much other stuff and so many other things in the world happening but one thing I noticed with this one was it was way more painful post-surgery it was um really taxing mentally and emotionally and I was yeah I just I couldn't I had this brain fog I tried to go back to work way too early and Mm. I was able to get it my luckily my coworkers were were super understanding but I wasn't able to get as much work done as I wanted because I couldn't focus even when I wasn't on pain meds anymore like my brain just like couldn't focus like like reading was really hard for several weeks um, cause I could only read like a, I just wouldn't, um, I just couldn't, uh, I don't know, like absorb. Yeah. yeah. I couldn't absorb what I was reading. So I would just watch TV and scroll on my phone and I feel so grateful that I have such a great community of people. So I had regular visitors that it was like perfectly spaced out. Mm-hmm. So it didn't wear me out. Um, they'd only stay for like an hour or so at a time and, um, you know, helped mentally. So between trying to keep up with work and um, seeing friends and having a partner there to like, because I can't carry anything either because I'm on crutches. <laughs> I have to like either put it in a clothes, like if I'm eating food, I have to like put it in a closed container and put it in a bag to like transport it from the kitchen. to the. <laughs> so it's just like really hard. So it's really, I've been very liberal with asking Jeff to help. Yeah. <laughs> Even if I can do it, it's just everything is so much harder. Yeah. Um, Which too, you were just talking about what an independent person you are. So mm-hmm. I can imagine this really messes with, the independence piece it does but I've you know I've just this is what it is you know it's like I'm like I said I can do things it's just really hard and there were like the first couple weeks were really hard not just on me but on Jeff as well because Jeff is my partner uh (laughs) um because he had to cancel a big trip he was looking forward to um he did you know he had to start doing all the dishes and cook for me more and uh I don't know he just had to do a lot more he had to make a bench so I could shower mm-hmm. <laughs> and like install a handheld like shower thing good job Jeff yes we love you Jeff Jeff nice he's been <laughs> driving me to the treadmill appointments three days a week nice um, so. so you've got support well that's yeah. good that's mm-hmm. good yeah 
So, I mean, I don't want to take this to, I, I don't want to go further into gloom and doom, but we would love to, you know, we're kind of introducing this idea of, you know, we do this for fun, right? But there are so many things that can rob you of your joy. And Jody and I just had our episode about um, flannel shirt guy and coyotes. But would love to hear if you have any additional, I mean, you already had your joy thief in the yeah. broken knee. The obstacle. Before the we obstacle move on, yes. can I yes, talk yes, about yes. Uh, another milestone? Yes. That happens? Yeah. Uh, I was able to do a couple, my first pedal strokes on an indoor bike trainer uh, the other day. So my range of motion is just there where I can just get over to the top of that pedal stroke. So I have maybe 20 pedal strokes Mm -hmm. under my belt. So um, hopefully that will be another good thing mentally yes, to help yes. me get through this last month or so of, yeah. of being heavily restricted. Yeah. It's interesting too how these things put things perhaps in perspective too. Like, would you ever have thought you would be saying, you know, I can 20 pedal strokes, you know? I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And how exciting that is, you right. know? But like, yeah. yeah, to meet yourself where you are and mm-hmm. to be proud of that accomplishment. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And because I have a lot of friends that are athletes and a lot of athletes end up with injuries. I mean, it's, you know, one doesn't always equal the other, but (laughs) Um, I had a friend come over who was, I think maybe two months ahead of me, uh, had a crash and tore her ACL. And she came over, but she was walking. <laughs> but she shows up, and we had the same leg brace. <laughs> and she's two months ahead of me. And so I've been able to, like, ask her questions because with knee injuries, yeah, our, yeah, you know, yeah. recovery is relatively similar. Yeah. So It's you like know. pregnancy. Mm, mm. That's what pregnancy is like. Like, oh, yeah, I can learn from you, like, what you're experiencing, <laughs> like, the two months ahead Let or me whatever. Take notes. You're just, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like a new version of, like, another physiological, yeah. Yeah, the healing process. Yep. Surround yourself by injured people who have injured uh-huh. themselves. Yes, yes. <laughs> so you know how that. Yeah, how the yeah. process will go. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah. So any. So yeah. So any any other before we because we'll we'll take a quick break here in a, in a bit and I want to after our break normally we do our top tip but I would love to talk about like kind of top tip for overcoming these joy thieves that'll maybe we can focus on that but before we go there is there any yeah. Joy thieves or coyotes or flannel shirt guys in your life that you've had to navigate and overcome. So, and specifically, we're talking about people that disrupt your path, right? Yeah. So, yes. And the ones that I can think of are mostly people that, it's it's creepy, creepy people. (laughs) Ooh, do tell. Um, I remember... Working an event in, um, I was working in like a expo and I had somebody come up to me who, first they were talking about the hats that we offer. I was working for a brand that had winter cycling caps, was talking to me about the, the hats. And so I, you know, I talked to them about the things that I know, which is the stuff that I'm working, you know, the booth that I'm working at. And then he starts commenting on my hair and proceeds to touch my hair Mm. and then it was one of those situations where I was so stunned at the time 
And because right after that, the expo got busy and forgot about it for a little bit. But when I was tearing down and then later on that evening, I just could not shake the heebie-jeebies. Like I just felt so uncomfortable. I felt so violated by somebody entering my space yes. like yes. that yes. Your sacred and it like yep. me and I'm trying to be professional doing your job yeah. I'm doing, doing my job. job yep and they they knocked me off my path for a while yeah. and I just like couldn't stop thinking about it for several days and mm-hmm. even now I think about it and I get angry mm-hmm. that I didn't say something in the moment and I feel like my whole I don't know moving through life as you know from when I was young till now, like trying to deal with people that that get in my space mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. um, and trying to figure out like when is the time that I'm going to be able to like say something in the moment? When is the time, you know, where I'm not going to be stunned, where I'm not going to be overwhelmed by emotion that mm-hmm. I can deal with it at the time and draw my boundaries and let them know that it is not okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's so hard though yeah. to do because mm-hmm. so often you're just caught off guard. You're just, thinking, you're shocked. Yeah. Like what, mm-hmm. what is happening? This is, or like, is this happening? Like mm-hmm. this isn't, th- is this really happening? Like mm-hmm. you, you're kind of like, is this sort of like a dream or. And that, do you know what? That is exactly it. Like that was me in the moment. Yep. I was able to be distracted for a few hours after that, but then it really, really, sunk in Mm -hmm. about how not okay it was for that person to touch me yeah I'm sorry that happened to you Mm -hmm. and I feel like more than anything uh those are the those are the situations that I find myself in a lot Mm -hmm. and it's it's because I feel like I'm in general a pretty positive friendly happy person I smile a lot Mm -hmm. um and so maybe I'm in inviting, but it's... Mm. <laughs> You're not asking for it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And a I'm smile not... doesn't mean like, come uh-huh. on, yeah. touch my hair. Right. Yeah. But I'm just saying that like yeah. the frequency of those situations for me is more so than, than somebody who is, is good at not inviting in the people that they don't want to invite mm-hmm. in. All right. Okay. We're going to take a quick break. And then when we come back, we're going to talk about overcoming the ch- Like, how do you get through it? And what, and you've had so many, ch- we've, this has been such a Debbie Downer episode in a lot of ways, but we're going to turn, <laughs> we're going to flip the script when we come back and talk about overcoming all this stuff. And would love to just get into your brain about how you, how you do that. So we'll be right back. We Do This For Fun is supported by 515 Productions, a high-end video production business based in Minneapolis. The website is 515productions.com. And did you know that Jody is also a health and wellness coach? Check out her website at jodygruen.com. If you like this podcast, we'd love your support. Please rate and review us and hit subscribe. Learn more about us at wedothisforfun.com. We are back with Chelsea Strait, who this has been a deep conversation, and I'm so honored that Chelsea, you're sharing all these things with us because this is part of fun. Sometimes you have to talk about the unfun things to be able to achieve fun. So, how 
flipping this around. Have you overcome these challenges? What is it that, I mean, you're still, you know, you're still determined, you're still moving forward. Um, top tips for, yeah, what, what or advice, insight that you can share with our listeners? Uh, oof. Top tips. I would say talk about what you're going through mm. is a huge. Yeah. I love that. Mm. I love that. Yeah. Um, I try to be honest and open with anybody who listens <laughs> um, about, you know, what I'm what I'm going through. And yeah. I as long as I don't keep it in, I'm able to move through those emotions a lot faster. So whether if it's your your partner or a therapist or a friend or um, I have a lot of friends who've had success with journaling, mm. but just getting it out, like communicating. I love that so much because some of them, yeah, so many of us just stuff it in. Yep. Mm-hmm. So whether it's, you know, your joy thief, your flannel shirt guy, <laughs> <laughs> you know, just because um, when I did start processing them, the flannel shirt guy situation. Uh, I was lucky enough to have friends and teammates around and coworkers around that I could vent to. Yeah. And they got all fired up with me yeah. and it made me feel a lot better. Yeah. And validated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So having those allies too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which was our experience as well. Like with the yeah. latest. And we could sit around here probably for hours and talk about story after story after story of moments we've had in life. And, it's too bad, but we're rising above. Though. We're rising above, onward and upward, and and biking, you know, hundreds of miles in the process, and you know, just we're excited. We're so excited to see what's next for you. We yeah. can't wait to, yeah. When you when you're back on your bike and want to come back and talk, I know our know our listeners and your fans are going to want to know all about the next races. And so, thank mm-hmm. you so much for talking with us again. We just really appreciate it. This has been awesome. Thanks for having me again. <laughs> Thanks, Chelsea. Um, so we're going to just sort of end with a few words. Um, I would say, in the words of the great Maya Angelou, stand up straight and realize who you are, that you tower over your circumstances. And I think we have a woman in our presence who is most yes. definitely doing that. Um, adversity is a fact of life, and we have a choice in how we respond there's proven ways to deal with it. And Chelsea just listed actually a lot of them. I just did a teeny little bit of research. They did say write, journal, like it's really good and cathartic to get it out on paper. Chelsea, you said this one, surround yourself with positive and supportive people. It sounds like your recovery is, you know, like happening with all of these, the the actual reality of what they've proven mm-hmm. um, is going to actually like help like get through these these moments in time when when fun is sort of taken away. Um, be in nature. We love that one. Invest in yourself, which you are with all of the amazing, you know, recovery things that you're doing. Um, and then we thought, um, this was especially apropos that science says make fun a priority. Um, I love that. All the good feelings, um, will do you a world of good and help you tower over your circumstances. So, Thank you, Chelsea, so much for sharing your story. And as always, go out and have fun out there. As always, we welcome your questions and feedback. Email us at wedothisforfunpodcast at gmail.com. 
We'll be dedicating future episodes to answering your questions, so let her rip, whether it's about gear purchases or tampons and IBS in the wilderness. We don't judge. Been there, done that. Nothing is off the table. And thanks for listening.